0: episode 2 of Monster Deer Monster. My name is Dave Cox and I'll be your host for this podcast. In our first episode, we took a look at some of the various monsters from the PlayStation 4 game Neo, and today we'll finish that up with one more monster. We'll be looking at the Kappa. The lore in Neo state that the Kappa are diminutive yokai with green skin, a dish-like depression on their heads, and turtle-like shell on their back. They generally lurk under water, but they often emerge onto dry land as well. In the water, kappa are faster than fish, and they are known to commit evils, like seizing children playing in rivers by the leg and dragging them under, or stealing the shirikodama, soul from people's behinds, and leaving them listless shells of their former self. Cowardly by nature, kappa flee under water at the first sign of danger. They are rumored to have a taste for cucumbers, and to wither and die if the water in the dish on their head dries up. Other legends say that a treasure lies concealed inside their shells and can be claimed if the kappa is slain before it can escape. In the game world of Neo, this plays out in various ways. The kappa you encounter are indeed smaller than the player character and quite nimble. Roughly the height of a child, they stand about listless, unaware of your presence at first, but are quick to react the moment they realize someone has spotted them. Kappa are fast to flee and slow to retaliate if attacked. However, they are if they are spotted and then ignored, they will taunt the player by slapping their own backside and otherwise hopping aimlessly about. More often they will simply run away, drawing an unwary follower toward other yokai opponents. However, Rather than fleeing into the nearest source of water, the kappa will summon a portal into the yokai realm and disappear for the duration of the particular mission encounter. Fitting the in-game description, this yokai sports a glowing turtle-like shell on its back, though one formed from chunks of amrita, rather than a proper shell structure. Likewise the kappa bear a distinctive shaven bowl atop their head, although there is no water present. Should the kappa be defeated, they will drop various items, which is surely the treasure referenced in the lore. All of these points are not far off from the traditional folklore regarding the kappa. Their visual representation is roughly the same, as is their behavior. But one point of note stands out. The folktales generally agree on the same point, that the kappa are honor-bound to return a bow. This is referenced as one way to defeat a kappa, as by bowing, the creature will spill the water from its head and weaken. Given the fact that this method is consistent given the fact that this method is consistent and there's a system built into Neo that allows the player character to perform a bow gesture, I decided to look into using such a tactic. Unfortunately, several attempts did not yield a single positive result. If any of you have success in this tactic, I would be interested to hear about it. After my own failed attempt, I checked into several online forums through Reddit and FextraLife but any of the records I saw um, didn't have any video evidence or anything more than anecdotal proof. Uh, Also, several of the commenters uh, reported that this uh, technique didn't work, which is unfortunate because I thought it was a pretty cool uh, lore trick that uh, would have tied everything together. Unfortunately it didn't turn out that way uh, even after five minutes of running around vigorously bowing at the uh, kappa didn't really yield any results I mean aside from the kappa backflipping itself and landing on me with the spiky shell uh, it didn't turn out so great on a more successful note for the second half of the podcast we'll take a look at the 2010 film death kappa by director tomo haraguchi here's the basic synopsis of the film Our protagonist, Kanako Kado, returns home to the countryside after she fails to hit it big as a pop star in Tokyo. Raised by her grandmother after her parents passed away, Kanako decides her failure was a sign that she should come home and spend time returning the care that her grandmother had given her in raising her. The town in question turns out to be a sleepy little hamlet by the name of Shirikodama which as our folklore has pointed out is directly kappa related being the soul that dwells in the human rear end which this particular yokai is so keen to steal. Upon Kanako's return with her grandmother a fatal accident occurs leaving the young woman alone to fend for herself. At her grandmother's last request she takes up the ancestral duty to look after the local kappa shrine and all that might entail. Unfortunately, due to the circumstances surrounding her grandmother's fate, the shrine itself is tossed into the ocean along with the mummified remains of the kappa she had been entrusted to honor. This series of events sets into motion the trouble that soon befalls Kanako as she finds out the ancestral task was perhaps more involved than her grandmother led on. The rest of the film centers on plots involving an underground sect of nationalists aiming to both restore Japan to its pre war glory and to reinvigorate the heart of Bushido within the people, as well as an epic battle between the Japanese self-defense force and a threat awakened by nuclear disaster, the giant monster Hyangolas, which in this instance is creeping well into satire on a certain King of All Monsters franchise. However. Our titular yokai, the kappa, is not ignored in these proceedings, as unrelated as they might outwardly seem. Case in point, the nationalists aim to restore the fighting spirit of Japan on the world stage centers around the research of a World War II-era scientist, one who aimed to utilize cells from the mummified kappa to genetically enhance Japanese soldiers, ultimately creating the umihiko a military unit capable of amphibious assault on enemy shores, and resembling another iconic movie monster, one from a particular Black Lagoon. This plot thread culminates in the deployment of the nuclear weapon in question that kicks off the events of the later half of the film, in which the giant dragon beast hyongalas is awoken and does battle with an inexplicably similarly building-sized kappa. As to the kappa's depiction in this film, we find it holds true to the folklore, more so than in the video game Neo. Here the kappa is for a time child-sized, and demonstrates considerable skill in the fighting art of sumo, emerging victorious on multiple occasions. Additionally, our green yokai friend has an ear for music, giving some indication that it understands or at least appreciates human language. An appetite for entrails is not shown. uh, Thankfully, But the uh, kappa certainly enjoys cucumbers in repeated scenes, going so far as to regain the will and energy to fight once supplied with a giant version of the vegetable. During the film, we also find out that the kappa is replenished with water, and in particular water applied to the barren dome atop its head. This facet facet plays an important role during the beginning and toward the end of the movie. With that, our comparison of the kappa yokai is complete. Now I'd like to address listener questions. For this episode, we have one submitted via Twitter from Vader Van Oden. Vader has asked for me to discuss the Kodama in Neo, and wonders if there is a darker side uh, behind their their cute facade. So looking into the folklore for the Kodama, they are almost always depicted as benevolent tree spirits, barely fitting into, into the classification of a yokai at all. The Kodama were viewed as guardian spirits dwelling on the physical plane only through the using particular trees as an anchor point. But in doing so, their life force becomes tied to the tree, and the opposite also holds true. This aspect is transferred into a folk veneration of these specific trees, becoming sacred over long periods of time, as the dwelling place of local guardian spirits. Another comparison can be drawn to the depictions of the Korok creatures in the Legend of Zelda game series. These particular creatures are also seen as forest or tree spirits, taking the form of anthropomorphized miniature trees, again, roughly the size and shape of a human child. Likening the Korok to the Kodama of Neo and tra- traditional Japanese folklore is not much of a stretch, though on deeper reflection, the Korok might be more akin to the mythical figure of the Ainu people, native to the northern Japan, the Koropokuru, both in name and appearance. The Koropokuru are said to be diminutive childlike spirits who hide themselves beneath large butterbur leaves. And this is also a distinctive trait of the Korok, who wear face shaped leaves as masks. I think this is an interesting comparison and wonder how much cross pollination exists in popular culture between the Japanese Kodama and the Ainu Koropokuru. Perhaps we'll take a deeper look into this topic on a future episode. Hopefully, this answers your questions later. That brings us to the end of the episode. But first I would like to thank the folks over at the Dark Insight Podcast for giving Monster Deer Monster a shout out on episode 49. As promised, I'm returning the favor. They're a great bunch and if you're interested in an international opinion on current video games, then they've got that in spades. You can find them on darkinsight.net or on Twitter at darkinsightpod. Give them a listen. Maybe a kind word or two on iTunes. For episode 2, this is Monster Dear Monster and I'm your host Dave. You can find the podcast at monsterdmonster.fireside.fm or on Twitter at mon-dmonster. You can also reach my personal Twitter account at sentinot-plus. Questions and comments are quite welcome, and I look forward to hearing from you, dear listener.